0: Buddy, this is one of the Tims in the, the Theologians Table podcast. Uh, we're back. We had a few people request that we release more episodes in a month. Uh, so we said, yeah, why not? We like talking about this stuff anyway. So yeah, um, We got to come up with like a really cool show. Right. Uh, <clears throat> instead of just
1: saying one of the Tims. Yeah, one of the Tims. So if anyone has any suggestions... Let us know. Yeah. Or, or if you're a musician, you know, give us some, some free music that we could use. Yeah.
0: That'd be cool. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So we came. Tim actually had the the other Tim. <laughs> we really need nicknames. Yeah, yeah. Had uh, some stuff he wanted to address that he wasn't able to fit into the last episode. But we're going to start off with that, I think. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we can start off with that.
1: And, um, I also wanted to, to go into, uh, I'm saying this because I want you, I want us to somehow segue back to this because you had said why you called it the theologian's table. Mm -hmm. And, and I kind of want to get to that because I think that that's a really, I love your thoughts on that. And I eventually, I want the conversation to go back there, but, um,
0: but I was going to ask you, did you get any emails I I I didn't get any emails other than from a certain someone. Yes. <laughs> Who yes. should? Do you want me to read that email? <laughs> I think yeah. I think he'd All be right. fine with it. Uh, that it was okay. great. I gotta get my phone. But yeah, I I got people saying that they were gonna send emails. Yeah. I I got a few texts, but they didn't actually send them the emails because I think they. They cooled off. Um, well, I, I, I know. Well,
1: I was just going to ask you, too. What was the motive behind
0: them saying, I'm going to email? That seems like kind of silly. So there were some political disagreements. Sure. Um, I think I disagreed with you politically. Yeah. So good. And then there was uh, a disagreement about your <clears throat> criticism of the critics of okay. Word and Faith. Um, word of faith. Word of, is it word of faith? Mm-hmm. I've been I, saying I, it wrong the whole time. I noticed you said that in the uh, uh,
1: description. You were yeah. like, he, he talks about word of, uh, word in faith, and I was like, I think that was a typo.
0: Now is yeah. I, I was just be being ignorant. Oh, it's word of faith. Word of faith. Okay, ignorant so this one here. Listen to this email. It said I used to love your podcast <laughs> until you brought on that psycho prosperity preacher. Because of my uh, of him. My children can't sleep at night. My wife is threatening to leave, and God is no longer speaking to me. Hezekiah four seventeen clearly says that God requires poverty. Read the word sent from my iPhone. Yeah, I love that. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I love that
1: sent from my iPhone. That was my brother, by the way. He was just teasing, but yeah, I love that. I love that. So yeah, I was I was kind of anticipating some of that because here here's the thing too. We had talked about this. Um, we're still trying to figure out the format. We're still trying to figure out if it's going to be um, like one of us says, Hey, do you want to talk about this? And the other agrees, You do your research. I do my research. We don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then when we come together, we can kind of go back and forth that way. And I do like that idea. But right now, a lot of this early stuff is very raw, it's very off the cuff. Yes. So I didn't prepare anything. You know, we were just talking about it and. That's where I'm at. Now, I'm not backtracking. I agree with myself 100%. I thought it was great. <laughs> but <clears throat> um, I did notice, though, that uh, I talked about faith, and that was good, and I talked about kind of a defense for a, uh, for some people talking about prosperity, and I agree with that. Uh, but I, I do understand that, like, you can take that too far, and and that seems to be one of the main criticisms. But there's another, there's another main criticism. Uh, and here's the thing: I don't, I don't want to have the stigma that I'm like the guy who's defending word of faith all the time. You know, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't even know if I consider my. That's where I went to school. I love it. I think um, each denomination has something that's really good. I heard someone say that Chad said that uh, over the weekend, um, and they were talking about all the different denominations, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I love how." You know, I think we even mentioned it. How the the reformists have like a protection of the purity of the word of God. I love that about the reformists, you know, or about Baptists. I feel like nobody knows the word better than like a Baptist, even if they don't <laughs> talk about any of the stuff in the book of Acts or you know, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> Okay, yeah. So but like they I feel like but they they also have great potlucks. <laughs> yes. <that's laughs> great true. potluck. You know? there's many other things. And you could go on down the line with each denomination and and, and find out what are the, some of the good things they have. Are there criticisms uh, to each person? Yeah, probably. But um, I, I, I do I do want to focus on when it comes to Word of Faith. Um, I don't want to even talk about the criticism so much. Here's I want to talk about um, I want to talk about what I love so much about Word of Faith because I got into talking about what I love about faith and how that is a a staple because it's in the title. You know, mm-hmm. word of faith. So right. there is a faith aspect, and when I was in school, and even growing up, um, th- there was such an emphasis on on faith. And I'm reading Hebrews uh, 11 right now. You know, yeah, the hall the hall of, hall faith. of faith. Yeah, yeah. and um, man, it's amazing. It's blowing my mind. Yeah, uh, you know,
0: I preached on that not too long ago. Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah you... I'm sorry. No, I, don't don't be sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being. No, anyways <laughs> continue um,
1: oh so uh, what one of the things that I love though so I, I messed up mark 11 uh, 24 and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it again I'm gonna try to get it right okay because I want to emphasize a couple of things and my Bible is next to me but it's not open Tim can confirm it's mm-hmm. not open okay uh, but Jesus said um, oh by the way the the whole context of this was because They walked by the the fig tree that Jesus cursed the day before. Or, you know, a very short period of time before. Uh Um, And it was withered because he cursed it. He said, no man will eat fruit from you ever again. And they walked away. And when they came back, Peter says, Master, look, the fig tree that you cursed is dead. And I think another translation says, uh, from the root up. Okay. Interesting. You know, he spoke to it and died from the root up. So then, so Jesus is never amazed by anything, you know, by, uh, not, not just his abilities. He's never, the only time he says that he like marvels at something is is when he sees unbelief, you know? So he tells them, here's the key guys. Um, have faith in God, have faith in God, you know? Um, for I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says, He will receive. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Bam. (laughs) There we go. Um, Got it that time. Um, And and when you stand in prayer, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Yes. Um, So it's always important to, to bring it all into. So one of the things that I love, though, about the word of faith is the empowering message that it brings to believers. More empowering than any other denomination I've seen, you know, um, and I, I, I love I love how it it really Jesus is is really stretching what's possible because I've had this conversation with a lot of people who say like, well, Jesus could do the things he did because he was the son of God. That's it, and it's like that does not seem to be the case. I don't see that at all, and this is a bigger discussion. I would love to get into this with you at some point, but um, but so here here he is telling them like. They're amazed. Oh, my goodness. You spoke to something and it died. You spoke to something, you know. Man, I don't know if I want to go here or not, but I've, 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 been recently, I've been really on this one verse and it's been blowing my mind. OK, so Hebrews 11 2 maybe says for we know that the world was created. Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. I don't want to quote <laughs> this one. All right. Um, OK, so. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Three, so I was off by a little bit. Um, By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's awesome. So that the things which are seen were not made by the things which are visible. Man, I'm going to read that again. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by things which are visible. Meaning, God is a spirit, as Jesus says. And when God spoke the world into existence, the spiritual created the natural. okay? So there's an amazing principle there. So when it's talking about by faith, our our um, ancestors in in the faith, of course, received a good testimony by using faith, by speaking faith, by holding on to faith. and it, it goes on this whole line all the way from uh, uh, one before Abraham, Noah before him too, Abel. You know, it talks about Abel. It talks about Noah. It talks about Moses. It talks about Abraham and Isaac and Joseph all the way down the line by faith, by faith, by faith. I mean, this is like the most important part here. Okay. So the idea that Jesus spoke to this tree and it died because he commanded it to meant he understood something about the spirit realm. I, with my words, I can Bring something about that is not right now. That's not here right now. It's not visible. Okay, so th- this is this is a principle behind the word of faith is that Jesus was saying to them, don't marvel at this. Have faith in God. I'm telling you, if you tell that mountain to to move, it has to if you have faith. And don't doubt in your heart, right? So I love that concept. I love the idea that like our salvation is based on this. So it's, it's not just like, Everyone always talks about cars. I hate, that's always the analogy, right? It's like, we want a new car? It's like, well, yeah, if you need a new car, that's one thing. But we're talking about our salvation comes because we've heard and that stirred, we've heard the word of God that stirred faith in us. We spoke, we believed that Jesus Christ was the propitiation for our sin. We spoke and salvation happened. God came to live in you, cleaned out your heart, made you a new creation in Christ you're now in Christ, all of that happened because you believed and because you spoke. And so as I said before, I think it's in Colossians, Paul says, as you have received Christ, so walk in him. So if this is how you received Christ, this is how you receive everything in salvation. It's already been provided for you. You know, it, uh, everything you need for salvation, according to Second Peter chapter 1, has already been given to you. Um, everything that pertains to life and godliness. You know. Um, but like, it, it is... It is in the realm of the spirit and you you have the same power in you. When you're born again, you have that same power in you. and You can speak to things and they can move. Man, I don't know if any other, I don't want to just pick on other denominations, but I just, I know I've heard so many other messages that's just like good doctrine, good stuff. Yes, but like, how does this affect my life? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like the word of faith says
0: like Jesus lives in you. So, is is the word the thing that you're speaking, or is it Jesus making it happen? Because when I think of the Bible, uh, saying like the word in, in places like John, and then in Hebrews, like I'm thinking specifically of Jesus as the word, mm-hmm. you know. So, when you say you can speak and, and make these things happen, is that because uh? Jesus is doing it or is it because of of faith? I would I would say it's it's because of faith, but it's because of what Jesus did. Okay. Uh, uh, none, I don't think any of this is possible without him. Right. So I I guess if I could pin it down more, is it Jesus doing it through you or is it you yourself makes it happen? I guess you know, Do you understand. Yeah, me? I would I would, um, and this almost sounds heretical, but I
1: would say it's it's you. <laughs> but okay, you you don't have that um, you don't have that power apart from Christ. But yeah, but okay. So John, I think it was John, in, in the book of Acts at the gate beautiful, he says to him, "Such as I have, I give to you. Stand up, you know, rise, pick up your mat." Okay, so but it's like, what did he have? He was made perfect by the blood of Jesus. So we don't detach Jesus from any of this. But the the gift that he's given us is faith. The word says you have the same faith of God. You have the faith of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's not apart from him. But I don't know that it's him. uh, Like Every time I speak that it's him doing the work per se, I, I think it's the faith. Same as God used that same faith when he created the world. Jesus used that same faith when he spoke all the things that he did, all of the miracles that he did when he spoke the wind, that was the same faith doing that. Um,
0: When I, as I understand it, now you can bring up other scriptures Uh, and it it might. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right now that uh, uh, this, so this is for anybody that doesn't know (laughs) this is the first time, like I'm hearing an explanation about this. Like I'm not one of those critics of word of faith. Sure. Uh, <laughs> in their in their teachings, because I I've only heard limit a very limited limited amount, uh, and most of that's from the critics. So, sure, uh, but,
1: but I, 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 I oh, so I, I don't that.
0: go I don't go out of my way to listen to the like I don't go look up something just to listen about word word of faith. Right is yeah. what I'm trying to yeah. say. So I isolate
1: isolate the one clip where this guy says something.
0: You know. It, Everything that I hear comes from uh, like second or third hand, I guess. Right, and That's what I'm trying to no say. No way to do it. So, yeah. uh, uh, this is the first time I'm I'm hearing an explanation from somebody who's uh, has a lot of back. Sure. That, that's you, uh, um, which is an intimidating thing. That I feel <laughs> like I'm. I, why? Well, I totally get that. Yeah, uh, but because <coughs> uh, I have to do that with Pentecostal, so sure. Which. Uh, I myself am not the most knowledgeable on that, unfortunately, but, um, when I think of doing something like that, I think uh, of how righteousness, we put on the righteousness of Christ. We put on him, we put him on like a robe, I think it says in, in Colossians, um, or, uh, yeah, I think that's right. Or we 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 have the spirit because he breathed it on us. This the spirit comes to live in us once we uh receive salvation. Mm-hmm. And by the power of the spirit mm-hmm. Jesus was raised from the dead uh that as Paul says, and I think it's Romans 8. Mm-hmm. So any any time I think of something uh, of saying something in faith, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is because uh, of Christ living within me, the, the Spirit living within me, reminding me of what Christ said and, and taught, Yeah. and I in conjunction with the righteousness and sanctification, all all that. So, mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to to say like it's me doing something. Because uh, it sounds high and mighty. It, well, it sounds high and mighty. I, 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 don't think that's that's it. I think it it sounds more like uh, heretical. Not. Well, I'm sure some people are yelling into their phones, maybe saying yeah. it's heretical, but it's yeah. not. But it just, um, it it, it seems like something that is hard for me to understand because i'm so used to you know the jesus doing everything for me mm-hmm. in regard to faith in regard to if you want to call it miracles or gifts of the spirit that's done by the gifting of the, of the spirit so i it's hard for me to say that on my and you say it's it's not we're not on our own mm-hmm. That you can't separate it from Christ, but it. But then you said it, it is us, uh, on our own doing something. So well, next. no, not on our own.
1: Okay, but it. But Christ is in me, right? So I'm never. I'm never detached from Christ. Uh-huh. You know, and and I'm I'm a new creation, and th- this is why I I speak so highly of uh, people like Andrew Womack, because he teaches a lot on the difference between spirit, soul, and body, and what the Bible has to say about that. But um, and I'm, any Rhema students, I'm sure you've heard this 100,000 times. Um, I know at least one who's listening. Uh, they, they would they would say, um, you are a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. Mm-hmm. And I suppose if you could put words to it, you would say, what does your soul consist of? Probably something like your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then you have a body. But you live in a body. That's just like a shell. That's like a casing, so to speak. But like... So when, when Christ lives in you, you are born again. Your spirit is not dead anymore. It's been recreated, and you are a new creation mm-hmm. because you're in Christ. So another thing about that I love about the Word of Faith is the emphasis on the in Christ. So, okay, that's great. I'm going to heaven. Fantastic. But how does that affect me now on the earth? Well, Paul has a lot to say about that. You know, you are now more than an overcomer. Why? Because you have his nature. You have been... You have been perfected. You have been made in the likeness of Christ in your spirit. And that, that righteousness that you, that you have been made is a gift. It's a gift from God, you know. And um, what is it? Uh, 2 Corinthians five seventeen that you are a new creation in Christ. The old things have passed away or died. One translation says you're literally a new species of being. Mm-hmm. So... This is the place where we operate from, in the Spirit. This is where Jesus operated from, completely in the Spirit. So that when people tried to ask him natural questions, he was just like, no, you're not seeing it from the right perspective. You know, It's the Spirit that brings life. So when I say like that um, whatsoever things I desire, whatsoever things Tim Johnson desires, when I pray... Can I believe that I receive them and speak to them? Absolutely. You know why? Because, because I have that same spirit that Christ did. So whatever I see Him do, I do. We do the works of Christ, and this is why I say uh, so so adamantly that Jesus um, didn't just do the works because He was the Son of God. Uh, we we believe that in Colossians. I think it's Colossians. Everything is Colossians that says um, uh, that says. Oh, my mind. Um, that he, he emptied himself, right? He laid aside his deity. He laid aside his omnipresence so he couldn't just be anywhere. He laid aside his, uh, his, um, uh, what is it? All knowing. Where's that one?
0: Uh, there's omniscient. omniscient. Uh, yeah. The omniscient. omniscient.
1: Okay. That's what I thought. <clears throat> so he laid aside certain things and he acted as a man under the anointing of the Holy Spirit after baptism. Um, so, okay, so we can get into that maybe yeah. another time, maybe now, I don't know. Okay. But the main point that I want to get to is, is to say that it would not be justified if he was Jesus doing all these amazing miracles, speaking to things, and then telling his disciples, why couldn't you do it? How long do I have to be? Why couldn't you cast this demon out? You know, why, why are you waking me up? You calm the storm, you know? Why would he be saying that if he was just like, hey, look at me, I'm Jesus. Look at all the things I can do. He was expecting them to do it, and he was trying to bring them up to that place. Now, they weren't born again yet, but he was still expecting that. And then we see uh, in the book of Acts that that the apostles got it. They received Jesus already, but, I mean, then they received the Holy Spirit. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then they're endued with this dunamis, dynamite power from God on the inside. And here's Peter uh, preaching with boldness, the same person who denied him. Could never get it right, you know. Uh, so you see that change in a person. So that, to me, word of faith—that's the emphasis. It, it's on faith, but it, but it's also on like the fact that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because you're in Christ. You know that. You know to to quote. Uh, uh, I won't do that. That's stupid. But <laughs> I was going to quote a movie, and I was like, that has nothing to do with it. Uh, uh, okay. But so anyway, so that those are some of the things that I love about it, mm-hmm. about word of faith. I love that. That's the empowering message. So so then it's not like, hey, uh, you ever heard you ever heard this before? Well I'm a sinner, saved by grace. Mm-hmm. you know So much of that just seems like, um, well, you know, well, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it through this life. you know, we're all sinners. we're just you know saved by grace. And I think that the message I'm used to hearing is, no, you were a sinner. I'm sorry, I am mouth here is that you were a sinner. You have been saved by grace, and now you're a son of God. Mm -hmm. John chapter 1, one of my favorite scriptures. I'm not feeling emotional right now, uh, oddly enough, so I don't feel like I'll cry. But normally, man, when I read this, I feel like crying every time. It's
0: it's powerful. I love John chapter
1: 1, man. The whole chapter is beautiful. It's like poetry. But I love the part where he says, As many as believed on him, he gave them the right to be called sons and daughters. Mm Mm-hmm. God, I love that so much. so you're now a Son of God, and if you don't know these things about who you are in Christ, you'll live from a low perspective where you're looking up at these giants, you're looking up at these mountains all the time and saying, "Who am I well it's like I'll tell you who you are, you're in Christ, you have God's nature inside of you, and if you're spilled uh filled with the spirit, if you're filled with the spirit uh you have you have this amazing unction on the inside of you, you know. Um, and and you can you can speak to things. You can speak to mountains. You can speak to challenges and trials that the devil tries to throw at you, attacks. You can speak to it, and you can speak truth to it. Mm-hmm. Not just say, "Hey, you're ugly, get out of my face." But I'm saying you can speak truth to it. Okay. Then, okay. Sorry, okay.
0: okay. No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you elaborate on what is what is a practical example of it? So, like a real life example of speaking to. A mountain mm-hmm. in, in front of you and it moving. Okay. Pause. I want to do
1: this. You ready? Sure. Okay, this is our audio. I'm hoping if this is bring, a good enough a, sound, yeah, I'm is, going to. Is it that cup? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Hopefully this is going to be our opening sound. Here we go. Come on now. <laughs> Hope we got a good one, man. It anyway. Did. It, it, it picked it up. <laughs> I love by the way, I love that you said that. Because that's always where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons I love these type of podcasts and these type of conversations is because like I have respect for you, you we have respect for me. We're on different planes. So it's not it's not like um, I don't know, me telling you how it is. You're I, here's my perspective, you'll tell me your perspective, and we're discussing it. We're not in stark contrast disagreement with each other, I think this is the way to learn, There's with humility. Because yeah. I might say some things and I might have to be like, you know what, I said that, I don't know that I'm there, you know, I, I okay. may have misspoke, but um, <clears throat> but I love the fact that you said give me practical application, because I, I think that is something that's missing. I think you can talk about a lot of these and it sounds good, but I want to know exactly how that
0: would happen, Okay. So ask me again. What was it? So what? What is a, a practical example of of that? Like, w- like a real life application mm. of speaking to a mountain, uh, or some kind of trial, whatever, and then it moving. Yeah. Because I hear that a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but I I need to know how, if it if it, it has worked. I guess mm-hmm. like. W- like what real life example can you give me from from that? Uh,
1: I can probably give you several. What's coming to mind right now is two things. Okay, so one one would be an um, a uh, an addictive behavior, mm-hmm. or uh, you know you you could call it a generational curse or uh, depression. Is in your family or something like that, or maybe not even in your family. You might be the first generation. Who knows? But I'm just saying, if it's like depression or anxiety or fear or addiction, was a big thing with me, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so when I was in um, when I was in Bible college, don't tell anyone in the leadership at Rainbow about this. Okay. But I was uh, yeah <laughs> in your talks with them. Uh, but I was I was. Desperately trying to live free because I had just—I've uh, been such a knucklehead. I'd done just so many drugs for so many years, you know. Say so many years. I mean, it's enough. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I, after high school and uh, toward the latter part of high school, I just—I drank a lot and I did a lot of drugs. And eventually, I was—I got like full-on addicted to coke, and I was like in it, man. And I just lived for myself, and I was sexually promiscuous. I drank all the time, and so it's as much as I could afford. It's hard to have any money when you're doing blow, man. So, so, anyways, all of that kind of gave me a, a perspective of myself, and um, it took the Word of God, and it took me cutting off so much of that in order to see myself in Christ again. And so, what would be a mountain? This giant ceiling over me that's like, yeah, you can go to church and and you can be in the word and you can be real genuine, but you know, every Friday night you're going to get messed up, you know, because there's still something in you that's pulling you because you'll never change. Mm -hmm. All this is a lie. It's a complete lie from the devil, but it's a mountain because it's been a mountain to me in my life. I've not been able to get around it. And I remember at one point, and this seems silly, I had seen so much victory in the area of addiction where I was just not doing anything and I was, I could feel freedom. I could feel it, but I was still addicted to tobacco. That was like one of the last things to go. And, uh, um, I, I, dipped, um, I smoked for five years and I dipped for two and it was like, I was just desperately trying to be free. And at one point I was like, Lord, do I need to check into a rehab center? Not because I'm extreme. I just, I needed to be in an environment where I could not have any tobacco and, for at least three days and then i can i can do it by myself after that but um so speaking to it what i learned to do was to see myself in christ everything everything in the bible this is a good exercise for anybody anytime in the new testament where you see the word in christ write it down because especially in ephesians it's chock full of it what this is saying is this is your inheritance in christ so just like abraham's son's inherited the blessing when the blessing followed through each one um they had that inheritance they had that blessing no matter what but it was really up to them to know how to use it right so i think the same thing is true of being in christ well you're a new creation well why am i still sinning all the time why do i see this this ceiling over my head and i can't get past it because you don't see yourself as in christ yet. you have a very unrenewed mind it's like a computer program, you know, you can change out so many things, but it's, it's just doing what it's used to doing. So th- this is, this is my reality. And I was so desperately trying to be free. And then I'll tell you the scripture that really did it for me that once I meditated on this second Corinthians five seventeen. already said it, right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things are made new. All things are new. God, I love that scripture. And I remember the Holy Spirit. I was super high one night. I mean, I was was like the last time, quote unquote. This is it, man. Yeah. And uh, I was chopped. I was a Bible college student doing that, man. Not not, beca- not because I was trying to get away with it. I hated it. and I just wanted to be free. But uh, uh, I just,
0: no, I, I love I, to get high. Man.
1: Dude, I, I understand.
0: Not with drugs, but with other things. So. Yeah, I think most people can understand
1: yeah. that. Um, but God was gracious to me. Like I said, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to be cool. I wasn't trying to justify it. I just, man, I'd done it for like eight years. It's hard to stop something you do for eight years. But I remember in my high state, the Holy Spirit was gracious enough to talk to me. And he said, I just got that tattooed. Second Corinthians 5.17 on my on my side. And the Holy Spirit was like, you know that you can be free if you make that a reality in your spirit. If you make that a reality in your mind. And I felt him saying, you need to unpack that scripture you need to write it down you need to pray about it you need to speak to those lies that are telling you you'll always be this way this is your family line this is the way you were raised whatever it is um and and so in that amount of time it was me speaking to it maybe speaking to lies and saying it's a liar but my my point is you're speaking truth i'm speaking truth to lies and then i saw that breakthrough I I can't even tell you how it happened. I just remember the reality hit me where I was like, I'm a new creation. I'll tell you what, all of those desires completely went away. completely went away. And I lived in that new reality. Now, that was a long-winded answer. But um, so you're speaking truth to the mountain. Uh It's not just saying I'm bigger than you, I'm tougher than you, whatever it is. And so the second one is this. This is much shorter. I had issues with my knees all the time. Um, it was a weird thing. where it's like, I'd be fine, and then uh, I would, like, I would take a step, and, like, it would want to lock or something. And when it did that, it hurt so bad, and I was in pain for, like, three or four days after. It was just, like, this constant rotating thing. And I was, like, walking funny, and I just knew, ah, it'll go away, it'll go away. And while I was in school, this guy, Marshall, who's from New Mexico, I'll never forget Marshall, he saw me. He saw me make a fool out of myself and almost fall in class as we were leaving. And he was like, "What's wrong with you?" So I told him that story, and I'm like, man, it's this dumb thing." And he goes, "Well, you know where we're at. We're at. We're at the school where they teach faith, man. So let's. Uh, Let me pray for you." And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And so he prays for me, and he speaks to my knee. And he's like, we we bind this right now in Jesus' name, this pain that's in your knee. We command this to go away. And we declare Tim is healed in Jesus' name. And I was like, oh, dude, thank you so much. I I was just thankful that he was nice enough to say that. And he was like, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is we're at Ramah. So we we teach faith here. So you're going to have to use your faith. What couldn't you do before? And I was like, I don't want to embarrass him. (laughs) And it didn't work. But I was like, that's how much doubt and unbelief I was living in. And, uh, and I was like, uh, okay. So I stretched it out, gone. And I was like, Marshall, dude, it's gone, man. I don't have any, any pain. And he was like, well, good. See you tomorrow. And that was it. And it was, and I'm telling you, I've never had that issue ever again. I've never had it. I was completely healed from that moment. Um, so there's another example. So one of them isn't emotional. The other is very physical. So, but in any case, you're speaking to something with the authority that you are in Christ um, and seeing the result, and sometimes that manifestation might take a bit, but it's it's never God, right? It, I feel like
0: we have to move through our
1: own unbelief.
0: Okay, I'm still i i, I love the i love the first example because I can completely identify with it, yeah. uh, except for, so you said something that was v- very important, I think. You said you were speaking truth to the situation. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, you went to Second Corinthians five, seventeen. I think, table that verse just for a second, because I want to get back to that. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just saying, <clears throat> I need your help. I need you to pray for me. I can't do this on my own. And at and like you said with yours, like the desires and whatever just completely disappeared and uh, melted away. And um, so because I was speaking truth to that situation, but I still have a hard time saying that, you know, it's I, I still have a hard time accepting that. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that. I'm laughing at myself. no. Uh, <clears throat> that uh, it's something that I have to work through with my faith elaborate We' having a hard time with so I guess about what you just said, the healing part. yeah, not the healing part just with um, that it's there's something about my faith that's blocking this mountain being moved. Did I say that? No, I kind of inferred that.
1: Okay, it's funny you say that because me and uh, the brother who emailed uh-huh. the nasty email, right. um, we were just talking about that about how uh, so so much of what may have been abuse of word of faith or Pentecostal or whatever whatever you call it by yeah. um, is the idea that it's like well if you're not seeing it it's because you don't have enough faith. Okay, I hate that. Mm-hmm. That's not true, and that's that's. A gross misunderstanding of what faith is. The truth is, if you're born again, you have the faith of God. You have the same faith that Jesus had. Okay? But what we need to do as believers, the, what working our salvation out looks like, is us renewing our minds and, and ridding ourselves of unbelief. So, a good example of that is when Jesus, um, they he comes down from, I think it was Transfiguration, he came down and they had the demon-possessed child, or he was uh, uh, epileptic, I think it was, And they, but they said they could not cast this demon out. Right. The disciples couldn't do it. And the dad was like, they can't do it, can you do it? And he's like, how long do I have to be with you? So he casts it out, and then afterward he says, they asked him, why couldn't we do it? And he said, because of your unbelief. Mm-hmm. Because of your unbelief. And so I want to talk about unbelief for a second here, but... Um, but then he says, uh, but this kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. Now, I always thought he was talking about this type of demon. You know, I think what he's talking about is unbelief. This type of unbelief can only come out through prayer and fasting. This is how you rid yourself of unbelief. You convince yourself of the promises of
0: God. That's an interesting interpretation yeah. that, that I don't think I've considered before. I
1: can't take credit for that. That was Womack, so I'm stealing that from him. But okay. Since you said it, I'll give myself up. I have
0: to give <laughs> a little room to ambiguity of Jewish writers for that uh, interpretation to be plausible, hmm. because they they would the way that they write is they put a little bit of ambiguity, ambiguousness, vagueness, I mm-hmm. guess in there so that you wrestle with mm. the text and you're like well does it mean this or this or does it mean both mm. um, so I could see that's interesting. I could see that I mean I could definitely see that interpretation of prayer and fasting getting rid of unbelief mm-hmm. because the purpose of prayer and fasting is to get you closer to God in the first place even if you're using it as an intercessory Means for someone else, so and
1: and plus one of the things that fasting really does well is it it teaches you to not listen to what you're seeing. Oh yeah, to uh-huh. not to not uh, operate in the carnal realm. Mm-hmm. You know, carnal is referring to your five senses. Right. You know? So it's like, I, and I'll, I'll steal this from someone else too. That was that that kid was having an epileptic seizure on the ground. So imagine that you're praying for someone; they have a seizure. Boom, your mind goes into high gear. What's happening? Oh my gosh, what's happening? It like shakes you out of the spiritual realm and into the natural. Oh, okay. We need to stop this. We need to stop this, you know? And so here's Jesus is in complete control of his, of his, uh, his soulish realm, you know, where he can see the spirit and he knows, no, I said come out because even Jesus, when he said come out, it still had an epileptic seizure, you know? But see, Jesus is saying, no, I said come out. Not shaken by it. Not shaken by it at all. You know? I think fasting does that. It's the prayer and fasting, that it's like I'm not going to live by my five senses, just by what I see, by what I hear, by what I whatever. Jesus is taking us to a place where he's saying, You need to get rid of that unbelief and believe that it is in that it is me in you doing the works. I think that's now, what I wanted to
0: say. Okay. Now going back to Second Corinthians five, seventeen and what you talked about in relation to that, I I like it a lot. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: And the reason why I like it is because, uh, and it's because I don't like the neo-reform emphasis on wretchedness. Like every time. Uh, yes. Okay. So this is the part that bothers me about uh, the reform is that. Um, you're uh, a piece of trash. Which you know, I'm in. What, I'm going to that church. <laughs> which, which no, I mean like you am sorry. I'm you you can scared. make a biblical case for it, yeah that without Christ,
1: you know, right?
0: You're a dung heap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Christ, you're a slightly better piece of trash. <laughs> Get out of here with that. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. that that's some of the stuff that I see with, with uh the the neo neo reformed uh movement today is that there's always a a, a consistent emphasis on wretchedness. Because I know it. It's disgusting. I, I get it I get it that yes, on my own, I do what I don't want to do, and what I don't want to do, I do. Right. But if I'm in Christ and I'm totally on board with uh, sanctification and pursuing holiness uh I'm not gonna want to do it on my own. I'm a new creational point of new creationist so that you can share and get God's life and get closer and mm-hmm. holiness and all, all that so yeah i'm I'm all for that and I think that uh th- that's something that we should concentrate on mm-hmm. uh, rather than constantly. Having this desire to feel guilty. Well, about you know, you something. know what it so is. What is it?
1: It's pride. Okay. It doesn't seem like pride. It seems like humility, but it's pride. Why? Because you are saying it's still all about me. I still, well, I guess you know. I, I guess the blood of the Son of God wasn't enough. I guess you know what who I am is just, you know, it, Jesus. He did put a good down payment on the sack uh, on the the penalty for sin but i gotta make it up i gotta make up these payments by trying to do works it's all works and fig leaves covering sin and you, all you're doing is focusing on yourself you're still focusing on your sin on your own wretchedness but paul says we come boldly before the throne of grace you don't come boldly if you're a slightly better piece of trash there's no boldness in that you No. Know, Jesus made you righteous by his blood. What is it? It's another one in Corinthians. Um, he became sin. Jesus became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. In Christ. Not in heaven. You know, I think most people want to push that off and be like, yeah, yeah, we will be righteous in heaven. No, I'm saying you are righteous now. Right. Once you're born again, you have the faith of God. You are, uh, as, as I'll quote Womack here, wall to wall, Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. Uh, th- that you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, it- incorruptible seed. Like, good night. You you're already holy. You're already holy, one hundred percent holy, in your spirit. And the work of salvation is renewing your
0: mind to who you are in Christ. You know. Yeah. So let's let me get off that train. That's uh, darn- yeah, I almost don't want you to because I was going to say too <laughs> that like you can't speak
1: to anything with any sense of confidence. Because you're just a lowly worm, right? Yeah, Who the, are you? the worm.
0: Yes, the worm theology. Now I'll have to say so that you know the words for everything. <laughs> well, because uh, even even John Wesley speaks about just one time though about how you feel like a, a worm, you know, just like pitiful creature before God. But he always goes back to the the image of, of God. Which is why um, I like him so much, and why he he has a more he he has a Western view of of some things, but he also has a he combines it with the Eastern mm-hmm. view of if you don't know what I'm talking about, he's read the Western church fathers and the Eastern mm-hmm. church fathers and what they say about salvation, and he combines them together in most places, mm-hmm. so that you have this holistic view of salvation and in sin and, and, and sanctification and holiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas reformed it's mostly Western uh influence. Although he was an Anglican who they're technically part of the Reformed Church. Right, and but <clears throat> but, but but what I'm trying to say is that um what was I? What was I t- I hate when that happens. Yes. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get you back there because I love <laughs> okay. what you're saying right now.
1: Because one of the things that I've learned to do and I'm learning to do, and I feel even funny saying that because I feel like I'm such in the infancy of understanding this, is understanding Hebrew culture and mm-hmm. understanding Jewish culture. Because as soon as I start to understand, they don't think the way we do in the West. man. They don't. They have a totally different like worldview. I'm not saying like today, I'm saying like their whole culture. And uh, and I feel like here in the West, we're so darn analytical about everything. Yeah. You know? And uh, and their their sense of who God is. Oh, man, I want to bring this up. So I just said, come boldly before the throne. I'm going to give credit to my brother. We were talking about, this is Justin. Uh, we were talking about how you know, we in the whatever charismatic sort of camp, we can hear, come boldly before the throne of grace. And we're like, sweet, all right. You say that in, the, in an Eastern mindset. And you're like, that's a bold statement. Because you don't come before the throne of God. Who are you?
0: You mean western?
1: No no, no. I'm saying yeah. like the I'm saying like a Jewish person. Okay. Under, understanding the holiness of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Understanding the who you're before. No one can see God's face and live. Who are you to come boldly before the throne of grace? Okay. So it's like what the writer of Hebrews was saying there was an unbelievably bold statement because he was writing to Hebrews uh-huh. who had an understanding of who God was that there had to be all this blood spilled, all this blood sacrifice, and all of these requirements to even get into the Holy of Holies. And you still didn't see his face. Right? It was all temporary, right? But um, here in the Western Church, it's like, you know, it's easier to say, well, we can come bold before the throne room of grace because sometimes we don't have that long, deep history of understanding God, the God of Israel. Now, the writer of Hebrews says it's because of Christ we can enter bold. It's not because we're Westerners, <laughs> you know. God loves the United States, so I can, and I'm an American, I can always go to him. No, it's <laughs> it's Jesus. It's only
0: Jesus, yeah. you know. Anyway. Right. And I think what I was trying to say is that, <clears throat> so. You remembered? Uh, yeah. Okay. With, with I was reading Augustine today, St. Augustine, about blessed, uh, is it blessed are those who mourn? And he's, he was, he he brought it all back to sin. He was like, yeah, uh, so Jesus was saying this because, uh, you know, sin makes you really mournful and you should be in tears uh, mourning your sin. And I'm like, sure, that's part of it. But he, he stayed there. Uh. And I'm like, no, you, but these are people who are actually mourning. Yeah. And Jesus just a couple chapters before this read the scroll from Isaiah, I think it was 61, saying that he was going to bind up the brokenhearted. Yes. yes. And that's what's being put into oh, the yes. beatitudes. Like these are actual people who are brokenhearted. They're they're living they're living in covenant with God. And yet they see all of these unrighteous people uh with all of the power uh killing everybody and persecuting them and they're broken hearted and they're they're in mourning yeah and so that's what part of what Jesus was speaking to I mean he's 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 going to speak to it all because he's cosmic oh, lord over everything that's a good point yeah so yeah there's the sin in mourning uh, there's the, or the 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 sin your gosh the sin mm-hmm. that causes you to mourn right. in tears over the stupid crap that you did, mm-hmm. but there's also the pure brokenhearted mm-hmm. that he's binding up. Oh yeah, man, that's good. And that he's blessing. So that's oh, so good. So that's where I think. uh it leads to Second Corinthians five seventeen. Is that you're a new creation? You don't, uh, it, like, it, it covers everything. You're completely new. You you can have victory over sin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, yeah. and it's, and you'll struggle with sin your whole life, but you can always have victory in your life with with sin and then you'll have come into complete victory for me anyways i, I think i disagree with
1: one thing you said but okay. say the last part again like what what do you mean by you will come into victory when
0: so when you're when you're with christ physically okay so at the end of your life yeah at the end of your life or when christ comes back right so what what i would
1: say a uh, good one so what i would say first I, I almost i feel like i have to say this because i loved what you were saying there think it's beautiful Um, because I was just listening to uh, someone who lives, uh, Heidi Baker I think her name she lives in Mozambique and uh, apparently they're war torn, show you how much I know about what's going on in the world and uh, and I won't go into much of it but she was sharing heart wrenching stories about barbaric behavior that I cannot fathom I cannot fathom um, little kids being mutilated, It, it hurt me so much to hear it. I had to put push pause at least two times and just try to hold back tears. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, these are Christ followers. And and she said, and they, after, after all this happens, they have to walk three days with no food, no water, and with shredded hearts. I think we don't need to gloss over that. Don't need to gloss over the fact that that reveals something about God's nature. That he is therefore the broken hearted. Man, that's so beautiful. Like, I was almost in tears as you were talking about that. I think that is a beautiful thing about his nature. That, yes, sin does make you grieve and does make you mourn, absolutely. But what he's saying is that,
0: like... What does he say, by the way? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Yeah, so before that, he says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. Blessed are those who are uh, mourning. Mm -hmm. And then... I. I'm not sure what comes right after that. Maybe it's. Um, I don't think it. Let me Matthew, open Matthew your Bible. Five, right, yes, right there. <laughs>
1: uh, <clears throat> While you're looking that up, I just I, I love that about God. I love the fact that, um, boy, if, if we can if we can understand, man, I'm getting emotional. If we can understand the heart of God for humanity, so He says, blessed
0: there yeah. are those who are poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. That. Spirit. <laughs> okay. Yes. Don't make me start preaching. <laughs> blessed, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Comforted. Yep. Yes. Blessed are those are the meek, for they shall inherit, inherit the earth. The earth. Yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, mm-hmm. for they shall be filled. I love and that part. He that. keeps going. Yes,
1: hey, he keeps going. <laughs> uh, anyways, I just I wanted to hit on that part because I just love that about the nature of God. Um, I, I think if if there's some criticism I have towards um, other other believers who are maybe on in the faith faith zone is that like so so much of it is just like so much of it is spoken in pride, and it's like well you you need to you need to believe this you know look look at me and my big faith and uh-huh. some of it is like you know we're we're under trying to understand God there's a lot that's why we're doing this darn podcast we're trying to understand God right. and discuss from different viewpoints. And I I think when it comes to things like that, we can gloss over that. I I wanted to at least give that some attention because that was really speaking to me. The sin issue, where I think I disagreed with you, (coughs) is that you say we'll always struggle with sin, and I would disagree. I don't. I don't think that's the case. So maybe this is going back to the thing—the really big issue—and we're going to have to hit it at no, some point. No, I just
0: think you might be a better Wesleyan than I am.
1: <laughs> I said I, I, I don't know much about Wesley. Oh, uh, say
0: what you're going to say, and then I'll tell sure. you if it lines up. With-
1: so what? What? What I would say is that uh, because you're a new creation, um, you've been made holy. You've been made righteous. So does your spirit ever deal with sin? No. Any any sin that you're dealing with is flesh, which you're told to crucify the flesh, yeah. renew your mind. But um, I, I don't I don't see I'm not trying to put anyone up on a pedestal per se, but I don't see how uh, Paul really ever struggled with sin. You know that that's not to say is he not capable of sinning? No, we all are, of course. But like it just seems like such a hopeless end to be like don't sin, but you're probably going to. You okay, it's like no, no, no. You can have victory. Over sin. You can have victory over all these things that all the mountains we were talking about.
0: Yeah, I would just say that maybe temptation is a better word. Sure. Because I struggle with temptation. Just because you struggle with temptation. Sorry. Oh no, thanks. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're going to sin. Right. Like it doesn't become sin until you give into right temptation. Jesus was tempted. So uh but then, but then, you know, First John says that. But if you do sin, you have an advocate with uh,
1: God. See, there's right. John again,
0: man. I love the right. way he talks. Yeah. So God, it's so beautiful. Uh, I'm not saying that. I, I did say that you you'll you'll struggle with sin, and I think that for me is I always struggle with uh, temptation to mm-hmm. sin. True. Like I like sometimes, you know, if I'm being honest, sometimes I, I really want to sin. <laughs> hey,
1: yeah but then
0: uh <laughs> uh i but then i i think better of it, so <laughs> yeah, sure uh-huh. but uh well just because so but that doesn't mean i do sin so i i you know and the thing is with with some pentecostals like i uh in an, an african pentecostal uh was a professor of mine he says no, you can can have you can have complete victory over sin, and I'm like, this guy has got more faith than I do. Excuse so, um, me. I don't. Uh, well, and
1: that's true because you you can because you already do in your spirit, but like we're all at different levels. So I'm <clears throat> I'm struggling with things that I'm struggling with things that I won't be struggling with anymore mm-hmm. in, in the future. You know, and and where I'm at now, I'm light years beyond what I used to be. Mm-hmm. And so I, I keep seeing that growth. And it's not it's not my faith growing. It's my knowledge of who I am in Christ and, and making that knowledge a reality. Man, that as soon as you can get to that point where you can make that a reality, I believe you do see miracles, like, like regularly. I, I believe that you do see victory over tons of stuff, you know. Um, I, I think Paul was there. I think Peter. I think so, so many of the early church was there, you know, because this was the, if you believe Jesus was the prototype for how to live, which I do, Yeah. if you think he was the prototype, then like, did Jesus struggle with sin? He was tempted, no question. Mm-hmm. My God. Not just, not just the temptation of Christ. I, I believe he was tempted big time in the garden of Gethsemane. He's praying and saying, "God, is there any other way? I don't how I don't want to do this."
0: Yeah, that's something that I think that I, I would agree with, and uh, other <clears throat> other people have, have pretty much said the same mm-hmm. that that is considered a temptation. So yeah, um, well, you know, this is it saying
1: Romans maybe that he he who knows to do good but doesn't do it that is sin to him it is sin. I don't know I can't remember where that is but it's so it's sin of co- commission instead of omission mm-hmm. doing and then knowing that you should do it and not I think in Jesus' case it would have been an omission him just saying I know that this is what we agreed to and this is what we're going to do this is the way to set mankind free but I don't want to do it mm-hmm. you know I just keep thinking of that Hebrew scripture that we have a high priest who can who can sympathize with our weaknesses he was tempted in every way just as <sighs> we are yet he was without sin yeah.
0: that's the thing with the Bible man it's too good. <laughs> I know it, man. I'm stirred up. It's not just the coffee. I'm stirred. I love talking about it. All right. So hopefully, my <clears throat> reform friends out there will take that criticism of uh, of mine uh, with uh, good natured. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't because it was kind of a. There's nothing good I could say about that criticism that I, I had of it. I don't think you don't think it was too nasty. No, good night. No. Oh, okay, I, I I think what it is, is that <clears throat> you have so many
1: reformed friends you're just considering them. And I, I, I do
0: because I mean they're my you know they're my brothers and sisters. And I Christ, think that so. you
1: couldn't ask for a better heart than that, man. I think that's perfect because I, you're you're truly seeing that they are seeing something the wrong way, and you're trying to correct it. And, and at least speak out and say, I don't, I think this is where you're missing it. And you're doing it with a heart of love. Well,
0: happy. I mean, it's because, well, I do, it's, it's like, I do appreciate a lot of, I'm not, I'm I, I'm not trying to raise myself above like anybody. I, I appreciate like, there is a big emphasis on sin, dealing with sin. In Reformed Christianity, yes. which which I think is good because, you know, sometimes here in the United States we get a little self-helpy with Okay, let's go there. Let's okay, go there yeah. because we talked about it before. Uh-huh. So go ahead, continue. Sorry. So uh, I think we do have a tendency lately uh, to get a little self-helpy uh, in our faith, uh, but um, we have to remember that, Sin is crouching at our door, uh, and I think the reform movement does that very well with with that awareness. It's just like after you've dealt, after you've received salvation, is where it runs into a problem <clears throat> for me because it's still. Uh, emphasizes that guilt even oh yeah so like a Roman Catholic they emphasize it <laughs> so um. that that's where I'm coming from and you know I voiced my frustrations more uh... anyways yes yeah. so what were you going to say about <clears throat> the um, because when you started
1: talking about how you said basically you're a wretch and I instantly said I want to go to that church because I was pointing out the fact that like No one wants to be around somebody who makes them feel like trash. Mm -hmm. You know, you you don't need a a scripture and verse to understand that concept. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I make you feel like trash, you don't want to be my friend, right? So, and and I was saying it in in kind of a funny way, but it it made me pause for a second and realize, I think that's the biggest knock on, not not word, I don't want to keep harping on word of faith. I just mean... I think that's the knock on a lot of the seeker-friendly churches nowadays. Mm-hmm. The knock is that, like, you're not even telling people that they need Jesus. You're just telling them how great they are. Yeah. You know, you're great. God loves you. Absolutely. And it's like, is that true? Yeah. So finish the sentence. That's why he sent Jesus Christ <laughs> right. to you, because actually you're a giant pile of trash. <laughs> you know, and, and that's why I was, I was joking and talking about last week about how... Um, how how the, the reformists make it so hard? They make salvation so hard. But one of the main focuses that I love about what they they talk about is that like you won't receive Christ if you don't think you need Him. Right. You do need to come to a point where you're like, my thoughts are bad. Why is it everything I want to do bad? I destroy everything I touch. You know, I hurt everyone. I came to this point um, in my life where I was just like, any girl I was ever in relationship with probably hates me, (laughs) you know, and it's like my landlord in the past probably knew that I had a coke addiction because I never had money for rent, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I just see all of this, oh, terrible, disgusting nature that the Bible talks about. You were aliens from God. You were alienated from God. You lived in darkness. You were blind. So we need to emphasize this as the church. We don't just need to say, you're great, because then uh, I'll give you an example, a funny example, Babylon B had one of my favorite articles. It said, uh, woman who goes to seeker-friendly church uh, wonders why she needs Jesus after being told the entire service how great she is. Or something to that effect. Probably not that long-winded. I I feel like, so I do understand where some of that comes from. Uh That it's like, why do I need Jesus? Because you're a sinner. And you're going to go to hell. And like you are dead inside. You have old nature that is in complete contrast to what God has for you. Complete contrast. So we do need to emphasize that. But I would also say that it's the goodness of Christ, the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. So most people that I know probably didn't come to Christ uh, because they were yelled at and told, you're a sinner, God hates you, you're going to burn in hell. Mm -hmm. You know, they were exposed to the goodness of God. And that goodness and that light exposed darkness in their hearts. That's the process of salvation, you know. And so I do think, um, I think, you know, if we're talking about both extremes, both extremes are wrong. I think they're both ditches. Fully talking about nothing but sin, sin conscious all the time can really turn people off. But also, you're great, you're wonderful, nothing's wrong with you. That's a lie, and that's wrong. But the, the middle line would be, you have old nature that's disgusting, but Jesus Christ came to save sinners. You know, John three seventeen. for Christ did not come into the world to condemn the world, and think about that like almost like speaks to what we're talking about he didn't come to just condemn you he came that through him you might be saved mm-hmm. so it's both it's both
0: sides married together you know yeah and I will say uh, another reason why mm-hmm. I like the reformed tradition is because boy howdy are they studious sure like yeah I couldn't write a paper that's good without the reformed tradition because there's I need as as much as I say I don't like systematic thinking, I I need it mm-hmm. and and reform tradition has got that uh down to a T. Yeah. And and so That's a good point. Uh you know, with and they're just so they're smart people. I think Va- Vadi Bachman's a
1: good example of yeah. I I heard him talk about how we, we in the church really accept mediocrity, mm-hmm. you know, and this goes back to the, the very first thing I wanted to talk about. Um, he was saying that when, when someone shows a real hunger for the word of God, we instantly think, oh, you must be called to the ministry. So you need to put yourself under this pastor. And it's like, wait a minute. Th- this isn't the pastor's job to do this. This is if you're a Christian, you're a theologian. You can't just say, yeah, I'm born again, but I'm a plumber, so that has nothing to do with God. It's like, no, every Christian needs to be studious in their understanding of who God is, who they are. And it does take a lifetime of that, but it takes a lifetime of intentionality. And that's something I love about the Reformers. Man, if
0: if only there was a verse in the Bible that Uh told us that we needed to be studious, to seek to be approved in our Uh study... Study to show thyself approved. Uh, yeah. So, uh, let's bring this, if we, if you don't mind, let's bring all this back to the, the name of the podcast, right. The Theologian's right. Table. It's a good segment. <clears throat> we covered why, uh, if you're a Christian, theo- you're a theologian. But the table part is, it, it is a very trendy, it's like the, it's the trend now. The mm. table in Christianity, everybody, you know, you set a table before your enemies or something like that. Before you invite yeah, yeah. you you invite everybody to the table. It's like this. It's a big like yeah. Oh, what do you call it? Uh Annoying. <laughs> not the scripture <laughs> part a, of it. It's a buzzword. Yes, there you go. Okay, I the table those. is a buzzword, but the. So Christianity is, one of my professors said this, he's been on the podcast, is that Mm. it's a a river, Mm. okay, and you have all of these streams and tributaries that go, flow in and out of it, Mm -hmm. okay, and those are still all part of the church, okay, and so the table is a place where even if we disagree, we can all sit down at the table and... Hash it out, I guess, mm. or or you know, meditate on on the word, meditate on on faith, and grow as the body of Christ. Mm. So that's that's the table. I love it. Um, and like it or not, you know, even if I have some disagreements with reform, tradition, or Catholics or Word of Faith, we all have something. Uh, vitally important to yes. contribute to the discussion. So. Yes, and we need
1: each other, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need I need the, the perspective of the Church of God. I need some perspective of... Uh, I don't think any one denomination has it all together. I think that we need each other. Um, we were... Uh, I was just watching the movie... Uh, not a Christian movie. Uh, Arrival, the science fiction yeah. movie. And I love how these alien spaceships all were in 12 different spots all over the world and they were each talking to their own respective governments you know and they were all working together um, and it was like the, the idea was like they wanted them to all work together to fit this puzzle piece together mm-hmm. you know because I'm, if you haven't seen it yet it's a good movie <laughs> uh, but the, the idea is that we all need each other i need i need to be able to hear where you're coming from instead of just saying no this is how I see it. If you're talking about things that are like clearly heretical, Jesus was not the son of God, you're not in the church, you know. So there, there, does, there does come a line where it's like, okay, here's why I think you're way off and, you know, in danger, so to speak. But I think we can all add something to each other. And I do think the table is a beautiful picture um, that Jesus, uh, you know, the marriage supper of the Lamb, in the, in the, oh gosh. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. and the parable he told about how uh he had prepared this giant banquet, mm-hmm. you know, and told told every told all of his friends, Hey, I've prepared all this stuff. Look at all this work that I've done to make this amazing meal. Come on over. And everyone it was too busy. I noticed that about us in the West. We're just too busy for God. Mm-hmm. I can say that about myself. I so many times, like in, in certainly I have a landscaping company, so in the growing season I'm very busy. And so I spend a lot more time in the word in the off season, than I do in the growing season, you know. Which you know, there's some ebb and flow. But my my point is, um, is that like I get we get too busy, I think that's kind of what that parable is talking about. It's one of the elements of that parable, is that he's saying like, everyone's too busy to sit and have a meal with me, you know. Let's have a meal, and we got too much going on. No, no I, I gotta, I gotta go check out this land. I gotta go buy this land. So the guy had to go do this, and so he finally opens up the doors and says bring everybody, go out and find the lame, find the people, anyone who will come. And I think that's the beautiful picture that we all come <clears throat> from different denominations, from different backgrounds. We all come from sometimes different faiths and, and uh, in terms of Catholicism, I suppose, and 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 bring what we have to the table. And uh, the scripture, I had a scripture. Do you want to say anything while I'm looking that up?
0: Uh, no, I yeah, I mean, like even during... The Lord's Supper, when He institutes that, even Judas was at the table. Yes, and then, but if and you think about the diversity of the background of the disciples, some were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. They hated tax collectors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, you had Simon the Zealot, who was, uh, you know, if Jesus hadn't have shown up, he might have like shanked some Roman soldiers. (laughs) Uh, so, <laughs> and then uh, I don't know what the other guys did, to be honest with yeah. you. But um, so there, it's a diverse group, mm. and it's it's like that on purpose. They're yeah. all sitting at the table of Jesus. So, well, I can't I can't find it, but um, maybe you would know where
1: it is. Uh, is. as you were talking about that picture of the table, I was, was imagining the early church in the book of Acts. It says, um, and they all ate together. And did everything together, you know. And I uh, oh man, do you know what I'm talking about? I thought it was early, like chapter three. But um, we say once, act, yeah, uh, one, one in the very beginning. Once the Holy Spirit comes, 3,500,
0: 3, whatever people are added to the that's church. That's at the Acts of. That's at the end of Acts two. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I
1: thought it was there. I didn't see it. I thought I would underline it. It's after. So this is fun for the podcasters, I'm sure. People <laughs> listening. You've listened to people turn pages all day. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Hey, you are the correct. There studio. you go. Okay. So, uh, 246. No, 44. I'll go up. Now, all who believed were together. Ah, I love this. And they had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all, as anyone who had need. So, continuing daily with one, in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their church daily those who were being saved. Mm-hmm. Other than the selling all your possessions, you know,
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> uh, it's a, I'm good on that. But uh, I just, I love. <laughs> it just sounds like I've seen so many bad examples of you know, like cult leaders always like that's the first thing they say. Whatever you have, bring to the group. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't need to bring that in there. But I love the idea that it's like they had everything in common. They constantly ate with each other. Communed with each other. They were in the temple all the time mm-hmm. in each other's houses. That's a beautiful picture. Yeah. But that's what was coming to my mind. But yeah, so I, I think it's important to go back to Body Bachman's point. I, I think that we are um, we do accept mediocrity, you know. It, people who were born again 20 years don't know anything about the Bible.
0: Yeah, that's and, they, and,
1: they, and they see someone who, who takes an interest and think, you're called to the ministry. It's like, no, I'm called to be in business. But I love God. I'm called to the ministry of reconciliation. I want to know who I'm reconciling and who I'm reconciling them to. Yeah, you should be born again because I am. Uh You know why? You should probably (laughs) know something about the why. Yeah. Uh huh. So
0: that's true. Yeah. We were talking about, my my wife and I were talking. Anna, we're talking about that with our our oldest son, uh, saying that uh, because he was getting annoyed with me (laughs) Hmm. about, oh, you know, you just want me to read. So you want me to become a pastor one day. Mm -hmm. I said, just ministry isn't just about uh, being a pastor. I said, it's about being, uh, um, you be a ministry is in any field. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, if you're, if you're a Christian, you know, people should notice a difference of who you uh, notice a difference about you, no matter what your occupation? Yes, is. you can tell them uh, why you're different, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't have to be a, a preacher, or a pastor, or whatever. Yeah, and I don't. And I think like, I think you finally understood something about Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, so, and that that's important. And
1: I can remember uh, a handful of times I worked with uh, certain people who were not in the ministry who were just Christian. Yeah. And uh, I delivered furniture to this house and it was being worked on. I don't think the owners were even there and it was just the construction guys and I walked in and whoa I felt the presence of God the second I walked in and I was like whoa what's going on in here and it was like they had, they had Jesus culture playing you know Kim Walker Smith is just like getting it and like worshipping and I felt it the second I walked in and I was like dude these guys are believers not just because they're listening to some Christian music I could feel like the presence of God so strong and I was asking them I was like are you guys you guys believers then huh and they're like oh yeah man and it's started talking about it and <clears throat> it's a great picture of, of like what it, what it is to be a believer. You, the, one of my favorite scriptures that Jesus says is the kingdom is in you. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the kingdom. Sometimes he's referring to heaven. I think other
0: times he's referring to the kingdom being in you. No, I you think know? he's definitely referring to the kingdom. In fact, one mm-hmm. of the best writers about that, in my opinion, is a guy he's, He passed away in the nineties, but, uh, is Dallas Willard, who just he, he, he's—it's amazing what what he writes about. Yeah. It. And uh, a friend of mine uh, posted recently said, "What book outside the Bible has brought you closer to Christ?" And I definitely think it was—it's uh, been Dallas Willard's divine, the Divine Conspiracy. He talks, he talks about uh, <clears throat> the Kingdom of, of God being in you, yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, I've got my spiel on that. Uh, that we don't have time to talk about, but yeah, uh, but that's good though, man. Yeah. I I I don't know if this is one
1: hundred percent true, but I think I heard someone say that like something close to ninety percent of what Jesus taught about was the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and Matthew for sure. Oh my gosh, that's why I love Matthew so yeah. much. It's just nothing but red letter. Mm-hmm. It's just so like I don't know what word I'm trying to think of, but like. It's just so much of the word of God. There's so many times that it's like the kingdom of heaven is like, and I'm like, Whoop, there it is. What's the kingdom of heaven? Like, you know,
0: the red letters make me mad because (laughs) I, I just, I want more of the red letters throughout the rest of the the Bible. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that, and that kind of goes to that
1: uh, talking about earlier about the emphasis of the Holy spirit. And Jesus said, it's, it's for your betterment, essentially that I, that I leave. It's for your advantage that I lead. Right. And it seems like, no, but you have so much to say. Yeah. But he's saying, but he, because he's, he's going to give us the Holy Spirit, who's going to live in each individual person and be his representative to us. So he can speak to Tim Johnson, you know, and I don't have to be in proximity wherever Jesus was. Mm-hmm. You know, you have multitudes of people following Jesus. All these people, probably in some in the back. Did you ever see that scene from Monty Python? We're showing this showing Jesus, I think it was uh, Life of Brian. If anyone's listening, don't watch that movie. It's terrible. It's the worst thing in the world. I don't know why I watched it. But there was that really <laughs> funny scene where it was like, it shows Jesus teaching, blessed are, he's doing the, the uh, Beatitudes. And uh, it shows this giant crowd It keeps going farther and farther in the back. And then there's the people in the, in the very back and they're like, what is he saying? He's like, ah, blessed is everybody. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's like terrible, but uh, if you... If you were that far away from him, you couldn't hear Mm -hmm. him. But if the Holy Spirit lives in you, I can hear him anytime. I can hear him whenever. (laughs) So I do understand what you're saying, but it's the Holy Spirit who brings light to everything Jesus said. That's true, yes.
0: All right, so... uh, I don't know about you, but I think that we need to wrap it up here because it's a school night. Yes, it is. (laughs) It is a school night. uh, But... uh,
1: I feel good. I feel like yeah. I feel like I got out so many things that 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 I feel like I missed. But right. like I said last time we talked, I wasn't preparing to really defend word of faith or mm-hmm. any of my own beliefs. We were just, you know, mm-hmm. chatting. And then yeah. after it was done, I was like, "Oh no, I missed the whole part about word." <laughs> right. About how it's the word of faith, you know, that <clears throat> that's so important. But yeah. So,
0: all right. So, if you guys uh, have anything you want to email us the email is theologytaco at gmail.com someday maybe we should create a new email but that's what it's going to be for now um, and do you rate us on your podcast platform that you're listening to us on and Tim do you have anything else you want to say I don't think so alright okay it's good um, other uh, well uh, God bless and uh, remember that uh, Christianity's a river and whatever denomination you are you're a tributary that's feeding in and out of that giant river yeah but you need to listen to the word of faith because <laughs> that's the good stream okay <laughs> Christianity is a table I don't know Until then, uh, until next time, God bless, and party on.
1: Um, hi, Uh, I'm
0: I'm Cooper, and uh, this is just the end. Um, uh, This is just my little segment. Okay, bye.